Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast. Each week, your host, Casey Haston, Director of Recruiting at VIP, will bring you valuable insights from thought leaders, introduce you to incredible companies, and bring you tips for landing your dream job from our team of executive recruiters at VIP. And now, Casey Haston. Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast, a podcast devoted to adding value to your career or candidate search, brought to you by VIP. I'm your host, Casey Haston. I'm an executive recruiter, director of recruiting, and your all-around hiring guru. And I'm so very glad you're joining us this morning because I've got a real treat for you. Today on the show, I'd like to welcome Kristen Robertson, certified executive and team coach and president of the International Coach Federation North Texas chapter. We'll talk more about that soon. Kristen is the CEO of Brio Leadership, and she provides executive coaching and leadership development training with a specialty in creating great organizational cultures. Don't we all want that? The company's Mm -hmm. mission is to ensure your employees love to come to work on Monday mornings, and they do this by helping you build a strong and positive company culture. As the president of ICF North Texas, her vision is to increase the chapter's impact on the internal coaching community through outreach, targeted programming, and experiments. Kristen, I am so excited you're here with us today. Thank you so much, Casey. I'm delighted and honored to be here with you today. So one of the things I like to do to kind of kick off the podcast is talk about how I met someone and how I got connected. And we were connected. So first of all, I'm a new coach, newly certified. And so I joined ICF and it just so happened that the first meeting I attended was your 25th anniversary. Oh, no kidding. I'd forgotten that. Yes. That's neat. Yes. And then one of the ladies in my uh, breakout group, um, Natalie, is that right? Yes. Natalie Gomez. Natalie Mendez. 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 Sorry, I should have had that better prepared. But Natalie Mendez was in my Fine. breakout group and she asked me where I went to school. And when I told her IPEC, she goes, That's where I graduated from. And I'm like, There are no coincidences. There are no coincidences, no, right? None. It's so, and she was kind enough through a series of events to introduce me to you so that we could have you on the podcast today to talk about what is coaching. And then we just hit it off and had such a good time together. We said, let's do it again, huh? Let's do it. Absolutely. So, and I do want to point out, so the International Coaching Federation is basically the governing body for coaches. They are the ones that accredit all the schools, correct? That's right. And accredits the individuals too. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. Tell us about the levels and how you get those just real quickly. Because it's a lot of work. Yeah. So there's... There's, it's a lot of work and actually a lot of money and training involved in it too. So the first level of certification through ICF, International Coach Federation, is the Associate Certified Coach, ACC. Then your middle level is PCC or Professional Certified Coach. And then Nirvana <laughs> is Master Certified Coach or MCC. And I'm at the PCC level with uh, with great assumptions and aspirations to get to master certified coach, which I should probably do at the end of next year. I'll have enough hours to do that. Wow. So to become a master certified coach, you have to have 25 documented hours of coaching under your belt. 2,500, right? 2,500. That's 2,500. So it's a big hurdle to give up, get over. And it looks like I'm going to get there at the end of next year. So 
end of 2021. So I hope to be able to apply for my MCC in 2022. That is so amazing. And congratulations yeah. on that. So yeah. I'm you really know, excited about it. And if you think about it, the if you take the number of hours that somebody works in a year, that's that number, if you're working average oh, of wow. 40, is 2080. Right. So that's basically, and, and we all know we don't coach 40 hours a week, right? Because there's preparation and right. stuff like that that goes into it. So you're basically putting in about a year and a half of paid coaching I never hours. thought about that. Yeah. Oh, that's, that gives me chills up and down my arms, Casey. That is so cool. Thanks for that. <laughs> you're welcome. Wow. <laughs> well, it's a that's huge accomplishment. Me. And I want people well, to really it see will what be. it is. Yeah, it so, will be. Well, since you are Good. almost a master certified coach, then you are the perfect one oh. to answer these questions for us today. Yes. Um, so what is coaching and how does it differ from mentoring or counseling? Coaching is not what you think it is. It's not the guy running up and down on the sideline on the football field uh, blowing on a whistle. Coaching is a special partnership between a coach and a coachee. And ICF defines it as partnering with clients in a thought provoking and creative process that inspires them to maximize their personal and professional potential. I like to say that it is a sacred space of unconditional positive regard on the part of the coach to the coachee where learning and growth can naturally occur and also transformation. So really what coaching is, is about building up your inner awareness so that you can have outer success or outer dreams come true. So um, it's not mentoring or consulting, which tells you what to do. As coaches, we don't do that. We believe that you are creative, resourceful and whole on your own. And our job is to reveal the brilliance. I feel like we are sculptors. And it reminds me of the famous quote from Michelangelo, the Italian sculptor. He said, I saw the angel in the block of marble and I carved until I set it free. And that's how we are as coaches, that we believe in you unconditionally. We believe in your brilliance. And our job is just to chip away at all the stuff that covers up that brilliance. So we do that through both uh, intuitive and powerful questioning. We do it through direct observation and we do it by really being supportive of you, also offering our experience when it's, when it's appropriate, but it's really a matter of drawing it out of you. Oh, and the other, the other comparison is against uh, therapy, coaching versus therapy and therapy really, um, it focuses on your dysfunction. And as coaches, remember I said, we believe that you are creative, resourceful and whole just as you are. And so we don't deal with dysfunction. We don't believe, deal with all the you know, weird things that might've happened in your childhood, although we might mention it, but we're not equipped to deal with disorders and that sort of thing. So does that make it clear to you? I I think that makes it perfectly clear. And I think another um, description that was used when I was going to school was that we don't take bad to good, we take good to great. Oh, I love that. Yeah, so I thought that was a really and good description. As a, 
as a maximizer on StrengthsFinder, that's what I'm all about, <laughs> is taking good to great. So I was meant to be a coach. I love that. And I love that you do the StrengthsFinder. I'm a huge StrengthsFinder fan myself. So, um, yeah, so as, as a full-time coach and president of your own coaching business, you've got a pretty full plate at work. Um, what inspired you to take on the additional responsibility of being the president of ICF North Texas? It was really three things, Casey. It was, first of all, I was brought up as a child to serve. Both my parents were serving in the community all the time. So I feel like it's my honor and my obligation to serve. And then I also have, um, I have a leadership bone in my body. I've led a lot of organizations before, and I think I have a vision to share and can really use that. And then lastly was kind of a selfish one, but it was that I wanted to stand alongside the giants that we have in the lineage of presidents in this particular chapter. And you've probably heard of the expressions standing on the shoulder of giants. And I always talk about that at International Coach Federation of North Texas, because we have, first of all, I guess this is a secret, but we were absolutely the first chapter to be incorporated in as an ICF chapter. It was way back in 1995. And you mentioned that we're celebrating in 2020, our 25th anniversary. By the time people hear this, it will be 26 years old. Um, and so we're really, really proud of that. But not only that, but we have three members of our, of our chapter who have actually served on the International Board of Directors at the global ICF. So I'm talking about huge, really tall giants that I stand on the shoulders of. Wow. I did not know that, that we had three members that had served on the global ICF. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really something. Well, I, I'm very proud. I'm proud. I see. I, that's yeah, what I'm, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm proud to be a part of this organization too. And I just, you know, I'm so thankful that I found you guys. Um, and I know Me that- too. We talked about this. You know, I recently received my CPC certification. I'm so excited to offer this new service to our clients at VIP. But tell me, as an advocate for coaching, what do you think is the number one benefit of utilizing a coach? Well, it is achieving your dreams and, uh, and achieving your potential. And not that you, it's a journey. I mean, it's a destination. It's a journey to your potential. But coaches are really good at helping you understand what's inside of you, helping you change that inner dialogue so that you can have the outward success that you deserve. So a lot of that's through self-awareness. As I said before, it's by asking you a lot of questions, making direct observations, and making connections between what might have gone on before and what's happening now. So it's all about transformation. And we'll probably get to this later, but leadership is so important in the 21st century. And it's changing. And we have to be nimble in order to be great leaders. And I think one of the things that I'm seeing now as a trend is that more companies are starting to recognize the need for those leaders and the benefit that a coach can bring to those leaders to help them grow not only themselves but grow their entire organization that's right that's right and i think what we're seeing is the shift from 
just a training mentality. Oh, let's give them some leadership skills, which is wonderful. And we have to have training in order to expose people to the concepts of great leadership. But it's coaching as a follow-on to training that puts feet on the training. Coaching changes behaviors. And it's through all the things that we've talked about, um, self-awareness, um, experimenting with new behaviors, understanding the importance of the, um, the role model that you are as a leader. And coaching holds you accountable to changed mm -hmm. behaviors. And that's what makes the difference. Um, I'm sure you've sat through training and believe me, I'm a trainer myself. I love training, but it can be just a couple of really fun days and wow, your mind is blown away, but then you get back into the daily grind and you kind of forget. Coaching doesn't let you forget. Coaching really holds you accountable to your own commitments to your own personal growth. Well, and I think you just said something that's so key that I had no idea when I went into coaching school that this is the way that it worked, but you said that it lets you own your own, you know, what it is you want to do and be accountable because, you know, as a coach, I'm not going to tell you what to do. You already know what to do. You just don't know, you know. Right. Right. That's mentoring, telling people what to do. Yes. But uh, yeah, drawing that out, things that they already know that your client already knows within him, himself or herself. Oh, that is, that is transformational. And that is a joy to do as a coach. Absolutely. I love it when you have those aha moments with your clients and they don't even realize it was an aha moment. And you go, did you just hear what you just said? And they're like, yeah. oh my goodness. Yes, that was me. I came up with that. And then they own it. They have a lot more buy-in yes. over yes. the outcome. Yeah. So, yeah. so let's kind of go back and dig in a little bit deeper. So how can coaching help improve a company culture? It's all about leadership, Casey. It's all about leadership. And it's interesting that the, the academic research actually backs this up, that one research study says that there are six aspects to a company culture, all six of which are under the leader's control. There are things like what the leaders pay attention to and control, the role model that the leader play, plays, and just another one that I pick out is rewards and punishments. And I don't mean 20 lashes with a wet noodle or anything, but what is rewarded? What do leaders reward? For example, you can tolerate a, a poor performer or someone who's just not upholding your values because he or she might be a rainmaker. They might make things happen, but they do it in such a toxic manner that it ruins your culture. And that's what leaders are, are doing, is they're either tolerating bad behavior to the detriment of their culture, or they're weeding out the poor performers or the ones who can't uphold the values and therefore building up the culture. And I just have to go back to this whole idea of role modeling that when you are a manager, you're always on stage. You know, all eyes are on you from the moment you walk into the office or onto your Zoom call nowadays to the moment you go home because they're watching for you to A, set the emotional tone for the day and for the team and B, on what right behaviors there are, what behaviors are okay in this environment. 
So it really comes back to the leadership. So leadership coaching is essential in establishing a great company culture. Well, and I think you said something earlier about creating the awareness. And I think that a lot of leaders, I can think of several that I've worked for, they don't realize they're not self-aware enough that like what you just said, that their actions are impacting everyone around them. If they come in in a bad mood, that sets the tone for the day. Everybody's in a bad mood because they're walking on eggshells, wondering if they're going to get snapped at. So exactly. I can absolutely see that. So so your business helps companies ensure that the employees, um, when ensure their employees love coming to work on Monday mornings. And so how can coaching help people gain more job satisfaction? Well, it is, first of all, kind of an inner thing. So we want uh, our coaches to understand what their strengths are. Mm -hmm. We already talked about strengths finders and it's really about building on strengths rather than trying to correct our weaknesses. Yeah, we sometimes have to correct our weaknesses. I hate doing expense reports and I'm really lousy at them, but they have to get done somehow. So you either delegate them or you do them yourself and muscle through it. But it's really much more productive for me to work in my strengths, which are amazing. So that's, again, that comes back to awareness. What are my strengths? And we know that if you work most of the time in your strengths, you're going to be happy and you're going to be successful. So uh, a strengths-based culture is really somewhere, some, a place where people can do their best work. And that, that's really the essence of it is helping people understand what they're best at. Well, and I think helping and exactly what you just said, finding their power zones, you know, you, they're every, not everybody likes to do the same thing. And I don't know if I told you this or not, Goodness. before I started recruiting and coaching, I was an accountant. <laughs> you did tell me that. And I was flabbergasted. Yeah. And Isn't I was miserable. Funny? Yeah, because you're such a people person, Casey. That's exactly. yeah, that's a poor and not that all accountants are not people people, but they're usually more comfortable with numbers than exactly um, than they are with with uh, people. So I'm glad you made your way to recruiting and now coaching. Me too. So yeah. why is it important for companies to focus on their culture and how does that impact a company's bottom line? Oh, it impacts it positively. So we have done several studies at International Coach Federation on the effect of um, uh, creating a coaching culture on the bottom line. And there's both business benefits and there are people benefits. And obviously the two go together, but it's shown that a coaching culture or a positive performance enhancing culture increases the bottom line uh, decreases expenses from anywhere from sick leave that you have to pay for to shrink in the office. You know, if you're going to steal the stapler in your desk, uh, you're probably not going to do that if you're a super happy, happy employee. And if you're not, you're going to find ways to, I'll use it, the word sabotage your company. So um, it's very much a profitable endeavor to do, to create that coaching culture, it, it'll return to you many, many times over. You know, it's interesting, the research says that 
the return on coaching is always six times the investment. I mean, it's pretty much between five and seven. All of the research shows that. And so you can imagine that if you're working with leaders and you're making a difference in how they make daily life seem for their team, their team is going to be more productive and more and less expensive or more revenue generating than they were before. So it's it's pretty cool to see that what we do on the quote soft side of business really shows up so remarkably on the hard side, the number side of business. So, and I just want to point out what you just said, regardless of what the investment is, because every coach charges differently and has a different program, right? You can expect a six times return. Somewhere between five and seven. That's right. That yeah. is Isn't that amazing? amazing. That is absolutely yeah, it's, amazing. It's so cool. It's so cool. And so sometimes, well, go ahead. No, well, I was just going to say that, you know, it's so interesting to me. And another reason why I know that companies are trending towards this coach-centric model is because one of the girls that I went to school with, her company, which is a publicly traded company, paid for her to go to school. And her sole job is to bring that back to the company and just share it with everybody from the top down. And I thought, wow, that is a forward-thinking company right there. Yes, and uh, we are seeing that a lot at International Coach Federation. We're actually out there proselytizing and encouraging companies to do that. And what we see is what I call the three-legged stool of internal coaches, which is like your friend who was sent off to school to learn coaching skills. Uh, Internal coaches can do a whole lot in companies. Then what you also want to um, add on are external coaches, and those are typically for the higher level leaders because they probably aren't going to be comfortable being coached by an internal coach, uh, an employee of theirs. And then the third legged stool is even more remarkable and, and maybe even more impactful is teaching managers how to use coaching skills themselves. So I call it the coach approach to management or leadership. And it's it's what we talked about before is believing in people, believing that they can do really great things, asking them questions, not telling them what to do, treating them like an adult, and drawing out the best in them. So the best question to start a coaching conversation if you're a manager or leader is just, what's on your mind today? And oh my goodness, if you can start with that kind of an open-ended question, you are going to be thrilled with what you get. So that that three-legged stool, internal coaches, external coaches, and coaches or managers as coaches. That is a beautiful, beautiful analogy. I love that so much. And, you know, and I think too, just to give a little anecdote to that, my, when, when pre-COVID, when I had a team, I think that was really where I failed them because I was like, do it like me until you know how to do it. Then you can do it your own way. Uh. And it it was so unsuccessful. And I could not, I could not figure out why I wasn't getting buy-in on that. And after I went through coaching school, I went, oh yeah. Okay. I get it now. Yeah. 
you know, a lot of times people feel like if they are being assigned or offered a coach that they've done something wrong. So how can a team oh. leader prepare their team to undergo a coaching transformation? In other words, what mindset yeah. should a team have before meeting the coach? Yeah, I call that being sentenced to coaching. And <laughs> you don't you don't see that as much as you did, say, 10 years ago. And I think it's due to coaches saying, nah, I'm not going to do that. And I've done that several times when I've been asked to coach somebody who really should be just managed out of the organization. And mm -hmm. I, I say, I'm so sorry, I really can't help you do that, that kind of a job. So uh, I'm sorry, I forgot the question. <laughs> so how can, they, about? how can they help prepare their team for the coach? Oh, right. Oh, so either as an individual coachee or there's something new on the horizon called team coaching, which is fabulously successful. Casey, I can't, I'm just so excited about this. Where you take, for example, an executive leadership team or an IT leadership team and you work with them. Um, and I think the way to prepare them is with a lot of love. Love's not a word that we use often in, in business, but it's the antidote to fear. And I think people fear that something's going to be exposed that's bad when they either have a coach or have, they have a team coach. And it's like somebody's looking under the covers for all of the bed bugs in the team or something like that. It's not that at all. Again, it needs to be strength-based. What does this team already do really well? And let's make you even better. Let's get you like you said before, from good to great. And so, uh, so love is the antidote to fear and the leader must make that understood that this is a privilege, first of all. Coaching is a huge privilege and it's usually fairly costly for the company. Mm -hmm. And it is meant to just make us better, to perform at our very, very best, team or individual. Do you agree with that? I absolutely agree with that. And I would hope that the coach would share with the leaders that are presenting this to their organization, whether it's individuals or teams, that this is a gift. This is absolutely a gift. It's a gift that we're giving to you, but it's a gift that you can give to yourself. I have never gone through anything as transformative as coaching school, because when you're going through coaching school, you're getting coached a lot. So yeah. And it was amazing, the shift in my mindset after going through coaching school and being coached. Everybody in life needs a coach. Yes, everybody, especially if you're a leader. Especially. And we know that the higher up you get in an organization, this is so shocking. I have to, you know, have you wait for it. You lose your compassion. They have actually measured that the higher up in an organization, you have an equal drop in your ability to empathize and be compassionate with people. And so that alone tells me that you need a coach who's going to come in and help you see yourself as others do. And what we didn't talk about before is that most co coaches come in with a program that starts with a 360 degree assessment. And Casey, that is so powerful for most people. In many cases, still, it's the first time that they've had to look in the mirror, meaning it's the first time that they've heard directly from people in an unadulterated, unfiltered way 
exactly how they are seen by their teammates, their peers, and their manager. Of course, that's what 360 describes. And uh, this is a transformational moment. It can be very tender when you reveal the results of an assessment, um, either to a team or to an individual. And there are team assessments also that I use. Um, but it's a tender moment because there's, there's some negatives. There always are. I always tell my clients that even Abraham Lincoln had some things to work on. And I think he's the greatest leader of the United States history, all, all through history. So even Abraham Lincoln would have had things on his 360 uh, report that he needed to work on. So everybody does, and it's just part of the growing process. But my goodness, when you start working on that, people get really energized to do better. And then if you go out and resurvey your 360 participants at the end of coaching, there is always a positive delta. Casey, there's always improvement that's seen. It's just so incredible to me that coaching really works. It is a transformational experience and to the betterment of the profit of the company. I love that. So, so how, how yeah, can a company, cool? sorry. I was just saying, how cool is that? It's so cool. So how can a company that wants to be cool and increase their bottom line, how can they go about selecting the right coach for their organization's needs? Hmm. I think that it's actually a matter of putting together a program that has uh, aspects of the four-legged stool that I mentioned before, the aspects of internal coaches. Let's get some people that are trained and sent to IPEC or whatever school you decide to, let's get some internal coaches. And it's so interesting to me, Casey, because in really large companies that I work with, I always tell them, put a call out for trained coaches. You will be amazed at how many people raise their hand and say, hey, I've been to coaching school and you had no idea about it because people are fascinated by coaching. And it's partly has to do with what you said is that there's so much self growth that goes on when you go through coaching school that it's really kind of an aphrodisiac for, you know, learning about yourself and loving yourself. So uh, that internal coaches and then external coaches and, of course, uh, training for managers with coaching skills. And in my experience, it's best to let the coachee the coaching clients select from two or three coaches. Mm -hmm. So you might have a stable of coaches, external coaches that you have on your website and you say, okay, what three of these five coaches that we've con contracted with, would you like to have a chemistry interview with and let the coachee choose the one that they feel like they have the most resonance with. It's a, it's, it's such an intimate and, tender relationship. Remember, we talked about how you're, you need to be very trusting and, um, uh, and the coach needs to be unconditionally positive about the client. And if you can't, you should not be working with that client. So it's a two-way chemistry interview. Um, so again, the three-legged stool and then allowing the coachees to choose 
from a stable of pre-selected coaches, I think is the best formula for success. And I believe if now I'm very new to ICF Global and North Texas, but I believe that like your chapter keeps a list of the certified coaches um, that like if somebody was just didn't have a clue where to start, they could come to ICF and say, hey, I need some coaches. So you would go to our website, ICF-NT for North Texas.com and find a coach is right there in the middle of the web page. And you can select a coach using all sorts of criteria. So male, female, how many years, what kind of a credential, that kind of stuff. And you can find two or three to select from. That is awesome. And so, that's a free service yeah. that you guys provide, right? It is right out there for everybody to see. That is so awesome. So believe it or not, we are almost out of time. And I definitely want to make oh, sure that no. we get to our VIP questions. But this is the fun okay. part. Although this entire conversation has been a blast for me because I'm just so I'm... wrapped up in coaching, you know? Yeah, me too. My favorite subject. Mine too. So my first question for you, if you were chosen to be one of the first colonists on Mars, what three things or people would you take with you? That's easy for me, Casey. It would be my husband and my two grown kids. We're just, we call ourselves a wolf pack. We just like to run together. So I'd have to have them with me. <laughs> well, that was yeah. easy. <laughs> yeah, that was super easy. <laughs> this, this is probably my favorite question. Because I, I always learn something new. But what's the one thing you do each morning to set your day up for success? Yes. I have a, an adorable Bichon Poodle mix dog. He's an old man. He's 13 years old. He doesn't move very well. But we always go on a walk together. And I live in a beautiful area of Texas. And I spend that time just really thinking about my day giving thanks for all of the beauty that I see around me. And if I am in, if I have enough time and if I'm in good enough shape, I put the little dog in a backpack and then we go on a really long hike through the woods. And that is my time for a private prayer time, a devotional time, and to really set myself up for the day. That is beautiful. So I, I love I highly, Yeah, I highly recommend it. I love that you put your puppy in a backpack. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> That's cute. Um, okay, so my final question. If your life's work was being summarized in a news article, what would the headline be? Oh, it'd have to be something like Kristen Robertson, colon, deep compassion meets business savvy. How's that? I love it. I love it. Yeah. So how do people find you? They find me at Brio Leadership. That's capital B as in boy, R-I-O leadership.com. And it's also Kristen at Brio Leadership.com. So thanks for asking. And it's Kristen with two eyes, correct? Yes. K-R-I-S-T-I-N. Yeah, that's a little Brio. unusual. It is unusual, but so am I. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, um, and if somebody was interested in joining the um, International Coaching Federation North Texas chapter, how what would they do? So again, it's ICF-NT for NorthTexas.com. And that's our website. You can learn so much about us on that website. And what I would recommend is that you get on our mailing list. 
We have monthly meetings on the second Friday of each month, starting at 11.15 to 1.15. And wow, can you get an education if you come to those monthly meetings. And during the pandemic, we're completely virtual, so you can't complain about the commute or anything. <laughs> you can just complain about Zoom. But we also always have a networking uh, 15 minutes set aside for that. And that's pretty cool on Zoom. I've been able to meet people that I've never met in person when we were meeting uh, for lunch together. That's very so, interesting. Yeah. ICF-NT.com. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Kristen, thank you so much for sharing with us what, you know, what coaching truly is and what the benefits are and why everybody should have a coach. Um, yes. I just have one last thing to say to you. You are a VIP. <gasps> wow. Neat. And that's a wrap for today. Join us next week here on the We Are VIP podcast. We'd love to know how we can help you be a VIP. To find out more, log on to wearevip.com.